Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, WAG listeners, it's Allison, reminding you that this show cannot be made without you. If you've been thinking about becoming a Candleland supporter, we're having a pretty great sale right now. You'll get premium ad-free feeds of all Canadaland shows, discounts on merch from our store, and exclusive bonus episodes from some of our podcasts. We want to make it as easy as possible for you to become a Canadaland supporter. So from now until the end of May, we have a special offer for our listeners. For $2 a month, you can become a supporter and do your part to ensure we can continue making this show. And we really like making this show for you. Basically, nothing costs $2 anymore. You could, like, get a bag of candy, a locker at a public swimming pool. I've been honestly trying to think of something that cheap, and I'm not getting far. So sign up for just $2 a month for the next six months. Just go to canadaland.com slash join, or click the link in your show notes to become a supporter today. Ontario has a tow truck mafia problem. And the person in charge of fixing it is Doug Ford. Over the past two years, at least 50 tow trucks, those big pickup trucks with rigs on the back that most humans only blithely consider the existence of until their car breaks down, have been firebombed around the GTA. And it's still happening. Just three weeks ago, two trucks were set on fire in Scarborough in the middle of the night. There have also been shootings, stabbings, two to four murders, depending on which ones you count as being connected to all this. But... Well, it's it's never good when you can type the name of an industry and the words execution style into Google and come back with relevant results. In 2019, a Vaughn law firm, Car Law, that represented insurance companies that were in disputes with tow truck companies was set on fire twice, then shot up. One of its lawyers was approached by a goon in the firm's parking lot and told to, quote, stop suing his friends. Then he hit her with a gun and stole her wallet. Car Law has since closed its doors. A massive joint police investigation has been going on since January 2020, and it has, maybe not too surprisingly, turned up some police involvement. At least eight, maybe more, officers, including four at the OPP, three Ottawa police, one Toronto police, have been charged. And that's not even counting those who've been suspended with pay, but who are not at least as of yet, facing criminal charges. The Ford government has presented a plan it says will put an end to these turf wars. But for a political party that prides itself on being tough on gangs and violence, the response so far has been pretty scant. I mean, rainy and shit shows isn't really something that the province is known for being able to do well at the best of times. But Doug Ford reigning in organized crime is a pretty funny idea.
I'm Allison Smith, publisher of Queen's Park Today. And one time I had to pull over on the side of the 401 because an ill-fastened canoe strapped to my car was about to blow off. A very nice tow truck driver stopped behind me and fixed it for free. He even gave me some bungee cords. I'm Jonathan Goldsby, news editor at Candland, and I got my very first driver's license just before Doug Ford became premier because I was worried that his cuts would lead to longer lines of service Ontario. And this is Wag the Doug. A monthly podcast about Doug Ford. Greater Toronto area has been the scene of significant violence between rival tow trucks and tow industry. We allege that the competition for control of the towing market has resulted in murders, attempted murders, shootings, assaults, arsons, threats, and property damage. We have seized five kilograms of the deadly drug fentanyl, 1.5 kilograms of cocaine, 1.25 kilograms of methamphetamine, We have also seized over a half million dollars in currency and 40 firearms, including handguns, rifles, shotguns, and a machine gun. So considering how large scale and truly bonkers this tow truck story is, it feels like no one is really talking about it. The daily newspapers have done some great investigative work, and the TV broadcasters give it airtime whenever another arrest is made or a cop is charged, but it still hasn't really seemed to break through. Maybe tow trucks just aren't sexy? I mean, I find myself fascinated by the idea of sort of the ambient mafia and the particular, if not unique, Ontarian indifference to it. Unlike, say, in the province to our immediate east or the state to our immediate south, the background hum of organized crime very rarely catches our attention. And it's not necessarily for lack of ostentatious violence either. I mean, maybe from a Torontonian's perspective, it just gets lost amid the, you know, a larger shrugging off of the 905. Like, or maybe we don't think about it much because as far as we know, it seldom intersects with our public institutions. And it turns out the tow trucking industry is a pretty great target for the organized crime world. And that's, you know, in a large part because it's so poorly regulated by the province. In most of Ontario, there are actually no requirements for becoming a tow truck driver, other than having keys to a tow truck. Of the province's 444 municipalities, only 18 have regulations governing how companies operate. And I think what the province actually says is like an estimated 18. And the very fact that the province has to estimate that is a pretty good example of the kind of mess this is. Yeah, and also, you know, the ability to tow around empty cars is pretty helpful if you're also in the drug smuggling business, which some of these bad operators definitely are. In a 2017 report on the towing industry in Montreal, that city's inspector general observed that, quote, towing is an activity that appeals to organized crime because tow trucks on the road waiting for a call to tow a vehicle are in an ideal situation to engage in sideline activities. Witnesses reported that some tow truck drivers working for companies with ties to organized crime were involved in drug trafficking, car theft, pimping, money laundering, and shylocking. I, I didn't even know that was a verb, and I don't think that's cool. And I was curious if that was a bad translation, so I checked the original French, and note, note, the word is there too, although it's a bit clearer that what they meant was loan sharking. Anyway. So aside from the potential criminal activities that, that are happening on the side, there are also very few rules tow truck drivers in Ontario have to follow when they're actually, you know, towing cars. 
If you're in an accident, the first tow truck at the scene can pull up, hook up your car, and drive it basically anywhere they want at any price. And that's all before you even really get over the shock of, of what's just happened. Or, you know, maybe you're in an ambulance or who knows. And if two tow truck drivers get there at the same time, they might even come to blows while fighting over who gets to move your car. So it's a consumer protection issue on that level. Fraud in the industry also drives up auto insurance rates for everyone. It's also a safety issue because so-called accident chasing leads to dangerous driving and the intimidation and violence harms workers at legitimate tow truck companies. Not to mention having tow trucks torched with petrol all around town isn't exactly great for public safety. And it's a police corruption issue. There are a couple ongoing investigations, Project Overhaul, which laid charges against 35 people last month, and Project Platinum. There's a lot to keep track of, and it's never really good when a spreadsheet would be helpful for keeping tabs on the criminal charges laid against just a single police officer. Toronto Police Constable Ronald Joseph is facing, I, from my own counting, I think it's about two dozen counts of various theft and fraud-related offenses, including for having allegedly stolen and cloned encrypted police radios, whose feeds were then apparently rebroadcast via an illegal subscription-based streaming app, which they better called TPS All Access. Uh, anyway, he's been suspended with pay since last spring, and I look forward to seeing whether he remains on the Sunshine List. And there was also allegedly some sort of kickback scheme that saw officers giving preference to a towing company owned by Steve Pillay, uh, the company being creatively called Steve's Towing, uh, and he himself has been charged with aiding and abetting breach of trust and secret commissions. This is notable, largely, because he also stars in a reality show about towing. That's now in its fifth season on Discovery Canada, uh, the first four seasons of which are on Crave. What the hell is he doing? This time on Heavy Rescue 401. So the cops have been arresting the bad apples, as Premier Doug Ford called them last summer. And the Ontario PC government is slowly rolling out plans for regulations and licensing drivers. Beginning this summer, the GTA's 400 series highways will be carved into regulated tow zones. So that means if something goes wrong with your car on the QEW, for example, there will be only one tow truck company you can call. And that'll be a different company than if you break down on the 400. However, for now, or for the foreseeable future, every other road in the province, the rules will remain status quo. The PCs also announced an OPP-led Joint Forces Operation Team that will keep digging into the criminality aspect. Let's try to get a handle on this modern-day Jets versus Sharks versus Bikers versus the mob and understand whether the Ford government's plan will actually do anything to solve the problems plaguing the industry. We are joined by Peter Edwards, who covers the organized crime beat for the Toronto Star. Since you've been reporting this story, what are some of the most egregious incidents that you've heard about? I think it would be the four murders and the six cops charged this year. No, actually nine if you work in Ottawa. And then last year there were more charged. One was charged with taking sexual favors, which kind of opens up a whole bunch of questions. You know, who's he involved with? Four different organized crime groups involved. I mean, it's not like anybody even controls it. Like the there's lots of criminals having fun here. We know that the real motivation for all this criminal activity is, you know, the money. So who is actually making money off of off of this and, and how much are we talking? 
it's serious money because you got auto body shops, physiotherapy fraud, uh, car rentals. It's enough that when there aren't enough real accidents, they stage accidents, like people go and crash cars, or else they go into a lot and just beat a car. But it, it's way more than auto body shops. The physio is a really big deal. There's one physio clinic that um, was checked out in a in a report that was done before the current kerfuffle, and they had 98 clients in one day. Each client um, billed for $150. Only 20 clients actually showed up, so there were 78 phantom clients. I think that's taking you around 15,000 bucks a day. So would the tow truck drivers refer people to the physio clinics? Like what's that tie? The one I was talking about, that one crooked one, they actually suspected a doctor was involved. There are um, uh, paralegals involved. There are all sorts of referral fees. You need an accident to get the whole thing going, but it's like a whole ecosystem. It's not uh, one or two crooks. And then there was one um, cop who was charged to actually ran two tow trucks, so he was actually in the tow truck business as well as um, theoretically being um, on the side of law and order. And then also on the side too, uh, some have been charged with um, flat out moving drugs. If you're in a tow truck, it's a great business for uh, moving things around. If you're hauling a car and the car has the drugs inside it, then if you get pulled over by police, you can say, it's not my fault. I didn't know it was in the car. You, you covered the Bandidos massacre back in 2006, where like eight bodies were found in three vehicles, one of which was a tow truck. And I think of the three of the eight people murdered, three were tow truck drivers. I mean, do you think that should have raised some red flags at the time? Um, it definitely would have. Um, it should have uh, got um, eyes opened. I, I mean, um, there's one guy who went to prison for shooting a Hells Angel to death, Frank Lenti, and he was... Uh, with the banditos and I, I talk to him in prison and I stay in pretty good contact with him. And it's been sort of the go-to business for people getting out of prison um, for, uh, you know, a lot of rough things. So uh, yeah, my, that's a long answer to yes, you're right. <laughs> it should have. How much of this, including the corrupt cop side of the story, was really an open secret before the police and, and media started investigating and, and really shining a light on it. Uh, they knew. I mean, they're um, the bandito thing. Um, it, it's kind of bizarre when they, after that massacre near London, they were actually hauling vehicles and bodies and they were going to dump them in Hell's Angel territory near Kitchener and, and use, use their um, sort of expertise towing things to try and pin the crime on the Hell's Angels. I mean, it, it's been sort of a open thing for quite a while. Back in the 90s when there were biker bombings, you'd, you'd see tow trucks showing up quickly. Anytime you see a tow truck with two people in it and they're both kind of um, wired up guys, um, you have to ask, what's the second guy there for? What do you mean by wired up? Kind of excited, kind of, um, they don't look like it's another day at the office. They don't look like they're stacking boxes at Costco. They look like they're going into battle, sort of. I mean, they show up and they're they're all jacked up for it. Um and why do you have two guys there? And the York Regional Police a year ago, oh, in one big uh, big arrest. I mean, they got a machine gun, they got gun weapons of silencers, they got a shotgun. Um, there are charges now against um, one guy for selling an illegal gun that was used to kill someone connected to the tow truck business. I mean, it's um, it's been going on for a long, long time. It's just gotten. A lot of groups have caught on at the same time, and it's bled over to a whole bunch of other things like um, uh, semi-legitimate or legitimate businesses. And some people are pushing in on the turf of other areas. 
I saw one report that said one of the cops that's been arrested was running a subscriber-based streaming service that allowed tow truck drivers to pay to tune in to the stream of, of stolen police radios. Is that something you heard about? How a lot of this got going, the investigation was that they were trying to find out about uh, cloning of police radios. Like, um, we can't go out and just buy one of these police radios. It used to be you could uh, buy scanners and listen in on things, and then they encrypted it, and it, it became a, a different thing. But they found out that some of the bad guys um, had clones of the radios. And so when they started tracing the radios, that's how they got into, you know, allegedly dirty Toronto police. And then that led to a lot of other things. The big thing about organized crime is you can't have it without corruption. Like without someone in the mainstream system being corrupt, then it's just um, bandits. It's not real organized crime. Um, this stuff had its own little ecosystem, and it um, um, it it was all over the place. It, it was it was way 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 beyond just towing a couple of cars on the highway. What do you make of the Ford government's plan for you know designated towing zones? Uh, you know, divvying up the four hundred series highways into four territories like do you think that will be effective an effective way to solve things i think it'll calm things down i don't think all the bad guys are going to go to bible school next week and you know repent like i don't think that's going to happen but in in montreal they broke it into zones and it's easier to police like it it kind of um stakes out different territories i mean there still are openings for corruption they've um this year there have been nine police officers charged in ontario and so there, there's a lot of um, of opportunities for bad things, and and it's not really simple. And you you need a um, a real will. Like a lot of these officers who are getting involved are veterans, and they see the openings. Um, on the other hand, Montreal, um, in 2017, it was found that they had a big um, traditional organized crime, like that's like the gangsters you see on TV and bikers um, involved in it, and they've. Uh, cut violence a lot by by going to these designated zones. That way you don't have um, people shooting it out where um, some of the violence has been because people get moved. They try and push their zone and so they move the drivers over a bit and then there's retaliation and they try and move them back. And so um, it'll cut that sort of thing. And I know the PCs mentioned that the the four first tow zones were, were just the beginning and, and they were going to keep dividing up more highways or more roads. Is this something that is, you know, more predominant on the highways or is accident chasing happening just as much on, you know, Kingston Road as it is on Highway 401? Um, it, it can move. I mean, the, the main thing is you need an accident to get all the other stuff going. Like if you want to kick in with a um, physiotherapy clinic that has 70% fake clients, um, you can have your accident anywhere. The highways are, um, uh, there's more drama, there's more danger. Um, everybody's wired up a little bit more, but an accident's an accident. And can you explain how this ongoing violence and fraud and, and corruption is affecting the wider community in Ontario in the GTA? How is it harming people that really have nothing to do with the tow truck industry? Some of it could be, what if you were in an ambulance and then there's a, um, a big kerfuffle about who tows a car and so that slows down the 401, then you're going to, it's going to be harder for the ambulance to get through. There's that sort of thing. There's um, 
kind of an erosion in policing. I mean, um, I talked to one officer last week who talked about someone being let off on a, um, a stunt driving thing um, where he, like all of a sudden, when the rules start to be bent, they, they keep getting bent and then people expect favors. Um, well, these officers too, the ones who've been charged, any case they're involved in, like say if they pulled over a stunt driver, if I was the lawyer, I'd say, why, why do we believe this guy? Like, why do we believe the cop? He's he's charged by his own people. And so a lot of cases are going to be, um, I think, um, scuttled because the officers have lost their credibility. Can you think of another industry that is legal in and of itself that is comparable in terms of the, I guess, degree, the, the complex web of corruption and criminality surrounding it? I'm, I'm like, I'm sure there are. I'm just trying to think of what the best comparator would be. I see. I can't really, because someone a while ago used the word ecosystem. And at first I thought, oh, that's kind of cute. And then I thought, no, that's actually right. There's fingers pointed at, at some people who are really senior. I mean, the OPP inspectors charged now, um, paralegals. And so the, this one kind of connects people who really shouldn't be connected it undermines a lot of things and it um, it means if someone wants to come clean they have to basically end the career or hurt people who they might think are basically nice people but they've bent the rules like it just muddies things up a lot i can't think of anything that really goes this far where you could take it from uh, criminals who kill people you know targeted shootings that's why they do it and um you know right up to um people who've put in 30 years of, you know, what should be a good career. It's an odd thing because, you know, if you just looking who's all in this big, um, big net, you've got people who you would totally trust and then people who you, you wouldn't want to be on the same block as. And it's a hard one for the average person not to be involved in. I mean, if you're driving 401 and Avenue Road at the wrong time, all of a sudden you're driving by a gun battle. And I mean, anyone who's paying for um, auto insurance, you know, it affects them. I know for me, it, it, there's certain areas where if I'm driving there, I'm a lot more cautious. In case you run into one of these unscrupulous tow truck drivers? Yeah, frankly, a, a police officer who's mad at me because I wrote something bad about one of his friends. I mean, it, it's odd, but in, from my side of it, you, um, I've got police who are really, really cheering me on and sending me things and then I've got other ones who are very unhappy and they all look the same. I mean they all wear the same uniform and they're all paid by my taxes. It's it's an odd one too because you don't have any big defining image unless I mean I talked to the mother of the one guy who was killed who no charges have been laid and I mean she really feels the pain and then there's the sister of the guy who was killed in the parking lot and she definitely feels the pain but um Otherwise, I mean, the images are just burnt trucks. You know, they don't really make you all that sad. I think that residents of the GTA are, are pretty inured to, you know, big car accidents clogging up the highways, uh, you know, as well as dangerous driving on the highways. So I can see how it's hard to tie those problems to something larger because they've really permeated what it's like to live in this region for decades. Yeah, and it's kind of weird that we're behind Montreal. I mean, I've um, done a fair bit of stuff on Montreal organized crime, and generally that's the the bigger leak. The fact that we're more out of control than there, you know, that we've got worse stuff going on here is, is accomplishment isn't the right word. It's sort of whatever the opposite word of accomplishment is, that's the word for it. 
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. So one thing that's interesting about sort of regulating tow trucks this time around is that the towing industry is very eager for this to happen. Um, A few years ago, maybe five or six years ago, the Kathleen Wynne Liberal government was attempting to regulate the industry. And this was sort of before the most recent turf wars and, 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 you know, large scale violence. And there was a lot of pushback from the industry. They didn't want regulations that would have governed, you know, that the fact that they would have to tell a customer exactly how much their bill would be before they hooked up their car, things like that. But I think the fact that, you know, for example, the Ontario Towing Association and and industry group is now really pushing and backing these PC changes kind of shows how much worse it's gotten. There's really not a whole lot of context in which you see industry associations, multiple industry associations actively not just asking, but like basically pleading for regulation. Uh, Like, I mean, you know, this is the sort of government that literally has the ministry or type thing of red tape reduction or some shit like that. And yeah, no, here we have an industry that, you know, the legitimate parts of which are saying, please fucking regulate us to clean this shit up. One thing that struck me when Ford's ministers were out talking about the new plan the other week is the tone they used to discuss the actual violence and, and criminality, which are the, you know, the major motivators for these reforms. So Transportation Minister Caroline Mulroney and Solicitor General Sylvia Jones both, you know, acknowledge worker safety and the, quote, spike in violence in the, in the sector. But it was still like felt so markedly different to how the PCs, you know, regularly talk about guns and gangs. Like, this is a government that uses the phrase guns and gangs when they're announcing speed traps on highways. But this announcement really focused, you know, a lot more on improving car accident clearing times (laughs) than actually getting to the root of the problem. Under this pilot, the goal is to respond to a typical incident within 30 minutes and have it cleared in 90 minutes. This approach will eliminate the practice of accident chasing within the tow zones which has been a dangerous trend in the industry. Like Ontario has a massive money laundering problem, but the PCs spend a lot more time talking about things like cracking down on human trafficking, which human trafficking is, of course, a problem, but it's also part of a a moral panic on the right right now. And it has, you know, sort of a, a, a victim that governments like to look like they're saving as opposed to something, you know, bigger, more complex and, and more corrupt than, than tow truck driving. 
um, which is just, you know, harder, I think, for, for governments to pin down. Or, you know, as Peter said, there's no image for it that can really shake the public imagination. Yeah, I mean, you could spend a lot of time thinking about how much of this discrepancy is connected to race and how much is connected to class. And I mean, not that you could ever actually ever untangle that. But like, it's so, yeah, I mean, in addition to police officers, you know, as, as Peter was saying, doctors and lawyers and paralegals have also been implicated as nodes in this you know, what is essentially white-collar crime, which is, you know, something that Canada as a whole is notoriously poor at taking seriously. And maybe that just wouldn't have guessed the extent to which that also seems to provide a, I guess, like a shield against the kinds of crimes that conservatives do regularly rattle sabers around. And now it's time for Foreseeable Disaster of the Month. My foreseeable disaster of the month is that Doug Ford is going to continue to shatter public confidence at a moment when people are relying on the government perhaps more than they have ever throughout this pandemic. As many listeners may already know, Premier Doug Ford accused NDP MPP Soma of jumping the vaccine queue last week. Mamakwa, who is Ontario's first and only Indigenous MPP, got vaccinated in early February at the request of the First Nations Health Authority and a number of chiefs. That was part of a campaign to combat vaccine hesitancy among Northern Indigenous people, whom the province has been prioritizing in its vaccine rollout. What has Ontario done to work with Indigenous-led health providers to vaccinate vulnerable Question. urban Indigenous people as part of phase one priority rollout. The Premier to reply. Well, again, through you, Mr. Speaker, that was one of our highest priorities to go into the 31 flying communities. Not only did Orange fly in, but the member flew in too to get his vaccine. So thank you for, for doing that and kind of jumping the line as I talked to a few chiefs that were pretty upset about that. Order. For flying into a community that he doesn't belong, but that's here nor there. As others have pointed out, Ford was completely incorrect in that assessment. Aside from the invitations to get the shot, First Nations were also prioritized in the first phase of Ontario's rollout, so Mamakwa would have been eligible to get the shot whenever he wanted. Ford eventually, about a day later, apologized privately to Somamakwa on a private phone call. And on Sunday, so about three days later, Ford held a press conference where he said that his government has done more for Indigenous people than any other government in history and tried to explain away his remarks as just a, you know, partisan political party thing that, you know, political parties say this kind of stuff to each other all the time. And I get, you know, question period barbs. Those are, you know, part of the game. But... When it comes to something as important as vaccinating Indigenous people or all of the people, and the Premier wants to turn it into, you know, race baiting, a partisan blame game and, and lies, it's pretty upsetting. Like, we can't pretend there already haven't been columns written in Canada criticizing the country or the province's approaches to prioritizing Indigenous vaccination. And this plays into that, all while undermining the Ford government's own success in targeting northern indigenous groups, which is something that they, you know, up until Thursday, have acted like they were proud of. So I feel like right now, Ontarians have no option but to rely on the government and have some faith that they're, you know, getting us out of this pandemic, so we can, you know, get out of this entire mess. And it would be really nice if we didn't have to rely on somebody who was acting like a total asshole. But I mean, that's his default state, right? Like, 
you know, it's everything else that's kind of the, the show, everything else that kind of requires the concerted effort and concentration to be able to speak with gravity or the basic, you know, pretenses of what leadership might look like from a competent person. I mean, the whole, but, you know, sort of like that Simpsons thing, Uncle Moe's family feed bag, where Moe, Sizzlack, the bartender, tries to reinvent his bar as a family restaurant. If you like good food, good fun, and a whole lot of crazy crap on the walls, then come on down to Uncle Moe's family feed bag. And Moe's, we serve and you know it takes every ounce of his being to try to you know pretend to tolerate families and kids after you know trying very hard to be the person that he thinks people want him to be he just reaches a breaking point and defaults back to his natural state what is it sweetheart my sortie is to call my teeth hurt Oh, your teeth hurt, huh? Your teeth hurt? Well, that's too freaking bad! You hear me? I'll tell you where you can put your freaking sody, too! Oh, my freaking ears! And my foreseeable disaster of the month is that Doug Ford does not and cannot fundamentally change because uh, people who likely have narcissistic personality disorder pretty much stay that way forever unless they commit to therapy for an extended period. And that almost never happens. And that was Wag the Doug, a show about the importance of road accidents being cleared quickly. I'm Jonathan Goldsby, and you can find me on Twitter at Goldsby. I'm Allison Smith, and you can find me on Twitter at, at Queen's Park Today. Our producer is Demilola Onime, our finishing producer is Kevin Sexton, our managing editor is Andrea Schmidt, and our theme music is remixed by Nathan Burley. Our podcast is listener-supported. If you like what we do, support us. Go to wagthedug.com or click on the link in the show notes. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.